thinking in years, working in months, and living in days. You can't live in decades. You can only live day by day, but you can play. I would add one more to that, and you know this because I've been talking about it recently. I think we're called to live in days, work in months, think in years, plan in decades, but we're called to dream in generations. We're called to dream generationally. And so, so we were, I wanted to do Vision Sunday before we finished 2022. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, like, when we do Vision Sunday, I just want to, in case you've never been at a Vision Sunday or you've been and you go, why do we do this? Um, our vision as a church doesn't change from year to year. You know, we've got the big picture of what we're doing. Um, if you haven't seen our vision and our values as a beautiful document, it's at the information desk here or the information desk in the other building. I'd encourage you to grab a copy and read it. That vision uh, is, is what we strive for. It's our long term. It's our, it's our decades plan. It's our dreaming in generations. But as we start to think in years, sometimes you come up with obstacles and you go, okay, so for the next 12 months, we need to navigate this. Right? You, you imagine if you get in your car and you want to drive to Christchurch, um, in fact, let's make it interesting, let's, you want to drive to Nelson, um, and you go, that's, that's the dream. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there, Jace. How's it going? Are we going to have it open for Christmas? Hey. It's on target. There you go. There you go. So you got any problems with that? Jace is your guy. <laughs> that guy was walking around with his bass guitar. Blame him. Um, <laughs> no, don't blame him. He's fixing it. He's going to get it open for you. Thank him. Pray for him. <laughs> Buy him chocolate <laughs> and fast it because I want to get to the Lego store before Christmas. Um, anyway, but I know, I know. Can't blame me. No, that's true. Oh, okay. This is not what we're doing right now. <laughs> just because it's December doesn't mean all the rules go out of the building, all right? Let's just. <laughs> Anywho, you, so the vision's to get to Nelson. But about, if you want to go to Nelson, you had a vision to get to Nelson, the vision doesn't change. But sometimes you go, oh, well, the road's closed. There's a detour, or there's an obstacle this week, or there's a whatever this week, or you just... You just want to... <laughs> sometimes the detours are quite nice. Yeah, okay, see? You're catching it, you're catching it. See, we've got like a room full of hecklers this morning. I like it. I can, I can deal with this. Let's go, people. Come on. All right, so that's what Vision Sunday's about. It's about each year having an opportunity to go, the vision hasn't changed. But how are we being called to adapt? How are we being called to detour? What is God highlighting for us this year? And that's what today's about. And um, sometimes our vision years are seasonal. Like you, you, you focus on something for a year and then you never talk about it again. Sometimes they're a little bit more um, ongoing. So in 2020, our vision was off the map, and we, we did that. Like 2020 was an off-the-map year. But at the same time, it wasn't just a seasonal thing. I think that call to be pioneers is foundational for the longevity of the church. I think that's something we will always be called to do. Uh, this year, I wanted to bring Vision Sunday in, into December because I wanted to name 2023. And, or more importantly, I want us to name 2023 before it names itself. Before it names itself. Um, see, we have a tendency as humans to respond or to react to what's going on around us. We get to this time of year, you've probably done this, you look back on the year and go, what kind of year did I have? You sit in December, you go, what kind of year did I have? And, and, and if you're like on Spotify, you get that weird Spotify rap thing, which tells you what music you listened to for the last 12 months. And you go, oh my goodness. Like mine's just filled with things like Baby Shark. And, and like, you know, look, I, what can I say? When I'm driving to work on my own, I just like to get in the zone, all right? <laughs> no, I've got kids. It's, <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know it, you are so blessed. Um, but I can ruin that for you very quickly. Um, you know, so we, we have this tendency to look back and then name our year. Go, that was a good year. That was a bad year. And, and, and then we go, oh, I hope. And there's, there's times where we name things. Well, I talked about one this morning uh, already where we see a script in Scripture that miracles take place or situations take place and those places are given names. We already looked at, let's look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 13 to 14. It says, Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. That's a great scripture. In place of his son. Amen. That's a good God. First God ever in the history who goes, you don't have to kill your children. They go, this guy's all right. God's a good God. 
Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord provides, the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So something happened in that place. And as a reaction, as a response to that, Abraham gave it a name. We see another one in the story. Jacob has a dream about a ladder. He puts his head on a rock because there's no decent Airbnbs. He was staying in like the Sutter Hotel of the desert. And um, like three people in here know what I'm talking about. Um, That's closed now, by the way. Anyway. That was, the, that was the really seedy hotel we stayed at when we went to San Francisco. I checked in on it recently. It's now permanently closed, which, amen. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> Look, we had somewhere to stay and that was enough. But so in this place, Jacob has a dream. Jacob has a dream and in that place as a response, he gets up and in Genesis 28 verse 19, it says he named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz, Luz, something, a terrible name, Um, Luz, Luz, Luz. I'm in it for the loves. Uh, and so, so sometimes God changes a name in response, or people change a name in response to something that's happened. Maybe you came into 2022 going, I, was, I started calling it a bad year and it got better. Or I started calling it a good year and then it got worse. Whatever it may be. But we also see times in Scripture. And in fact, we're, we are in the season of celebrating a time where God names things before they happen. Think of how many years in advance Christmas was prepared. The coming of Jesus. In fact, here's just four names. Solomon, Josiah, John the Baptist, and of course Jesus were all given their names before they were born. They were named preemptively. It wasn't, well, let's wait and see. Our first child, we really believe that God gave us that name in a very unorthodox way. We were driving back from Dunedin, from the Baptist Hui, and we were going, we need to come up with a name for our child. We need to have some suggestions because we thought we were having a boy and then we found out we were having a girl. And we had no girls' names, none that we could agree on anyway. And so as we're coming home, this car overtakes us and, and, and it's got this bumper sticker or this decal on the back window and it says Taya, obviously the name of the, the driver. And I went, I really like that name. I said to Emma, you should look it up. She's like, we're not naming our child after a bumper sticker. <laughs> Like, well, it sounds bad when you say it like that. But she looked it up, and, and, and her name means perfectly formed. Now, that, so, so we received that name. That would have been in November. Taya was born in December on the 16th, five weeks premature, four weeks growth restricted. In fact, if you do the math, I believe the day she stopped growing was the day we got the name. Because it was five weeks, so that was, and then, and then the week before that, as we're coming back, that Taya, which means perfectly formed. So we go, we've got this baby who's going to be five weeks pregnant. She was born at two kg, which is, you know, like there's worse, but it's, it's small, right? And they said to us at this emergency cesarean, they said, look, she'll be underdeveloped. The lungs are the last thing. They develop in those last two months, so she won't make a sound when she comes out. And, and she'll need to be put straight on oxygen. And, and, you know, we'll just play it. But she'll, she'll be all right, but she's going to need a lot of care. The first thing that baby did was scream. And it's the only time I've ever been happy to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're sitting there, we're holding this child who, who never had to have any oxygen. She had CPAP-assisted breathing for a while, but she was off that in a couple of hours. And, and in that moment, someone said to us in the room, what is, what's her name? Taya, what does it mean? It means perfectly formed. God had named it ahead of time. And I believe there's something that God is speaking and doing over 2023 that is preempting, is ahead of its time. And we're not supposed to sit and wait and go, let's, let's just wait and see. I don't believe God is heading into 2023 going, I'll wait and see. I don't believe that God, you know, in, in Genesis chapter 1, says in the beginning there was nothing, or in the beginning it was dark and the, and the for, earth was void and formless. And, and it says the Holy Spirit hovered over the surface of the deep and said, let's wait and see. It doesn't say that. It says he he hovered over the surface of the deep and he proclaimed something. He spoke something. He said something. And it wasn't let's wait and see. It was let there be light. So as we come into 2023, it's easy to sort of develop this wait and see attitude. But I do not believe that God is hovering over 2023 saying let's wait and see. 
I believe God is hovering over 2023 saying, let there be light. I believe he's proclaiming things. And I believe we need to hear. I know what you've spoken. I believe we need to hear that. How are we doing? We're good. We're good. We're good. See, so I, I want us to name 2023 before 2023 names itself. I don't believe God is passive. I don't believe the church can afford to be passive in the moment and time in which we sit. We have a job. We have a mission to do. Think, think about this, you know, while we're talking about words. Have you ever heard of the word of the year? You ever heard? So, so there's this thing that started several years ago. It's originally a Dutch thing. Uh, but it, now there's a whole bunch of different. So, you know, like you've got the Oxford Dictionary, the Collins Dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the Dictionary.com Dictionary. Like that's what they call themselves. Um, you've got all these. And they do at the end of each year, they do a word of the year. And so what they do is they reach into their, like, all their, you know, linguistics and, all, you know, all the extremely talented people who do all these things with words that we just go, how do you get paid for that, really? Um, and, and so they pull out, whether it's a word that's been super searched or it's a new word that's been invented or it's a word that summarizes a collection of things, and they come up with a word for, 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 for the year. The Collins Dictionary Word of the Year for 2022 was permacrisis. Permacrisis. Like, like a bunch of people looked at 2022 and went, what's our word of the year? They went, permacrisis. Like, do you know what permacrisis means? It means a prolonged state. Now, I need you to understand this. When I read this, because this only came out like last week, I had a little wow God moment because I've been talking about this for about three months. And I was like, Jesus, only you. Only you. See, listen to this. Permacrisis for 2022, the, the Collins Dictionary Word of the Year, permacrisis means a prolonged state of instability and insecurity. And I was like, huh. We've been talking about those things. But we weren't talking about them in the sense, we were talking about them in the sense that God has called us to be people of stability and security and certainty, right? Because God is not speaking those words. See, Collins Dictionary might be getting together and saying, we're speaking permacrisis. God's going, I'm speaking hope and stability and certainty, which begs the question, as the church, which did we hear? As his people, which did we hear? Which would we describe our year as? I'm not, you know, again, I could look at certain things and go, it felt like permacrisis. But I don't believe permacrisis is what God spoke over 2022. So if it's what I experienced, then I have to ask myself, did I hear the word of God or did I respond to the word of the environment? And that's a challenge for as we head into next year. Am I going to respond to the word of God or am I going to respond to the word of the environment? Who's dictating our year in 2023? See, as we head into 2023, we're already hearing a couple of words being thrown around. Recession's a big one. Cutbacks, uncertainty. And so it's tempting to just say, let's wait and see. But God did not hover over the surface and say, let's wait and see. And neither is he doing it with 2023. See, in a season of uncertainty, insecurity, and instability, God is still the source and the supply, Jehovah Jireh, of certainty, stability, and security. And I believe he's handing it out, speaking it out to anyone who's willing to listen and to carry it. And so I'm calling... And I'd like to submit that we should be calling because perhaps God might be calling 2023 the year of engagement. The year of engagement. This is what I would like us to name the year. Again, I'm not, I'm not the boss, so we're going to do this. You'll see this paper in the middle of the room, right? I, but I would submit that I think that God, the word that God might be speaking for his church for 2023 is that this is not the year to pull back and wait and see. This is the year to engage. This is the year to engage. Uh, in November, we had our monthly prayer meeting. And I gave a piece of paper to the different people who were in the room. And I said, I want you to wait on God for a couple of minutes. And I want you to write down a word or two words. Not a, not a paragraph, not a sentence, not an essay. But just simply to say, God, 
What are you, what's the word you're giving me for next year? Or giving us as a church for next year? And all the words that came back were different. Not that we were hoping, you know, like obviously it would have been cool to have this moment where you're like, oh my gosh, we all wrote exactly the same thing. But something actually I think more beautiful happened. Because these were the words, some of the words that came out. 2023 is the year of response. The year of action. The year of breakthrough. Revelation, answered prayer, exploding joy, preparedness, and, 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 and take only what you can carry. A little bit of trepidation, an adventure, a return to the Lord, to family, to church, and for the Lord to return to us what has been taken away. Reconciliation. Yes, God, slipstream, joy and worship. And all these words, when they come together, do you know what they all speak to me about? Engagement. They're all terms of engagement, words of engagement. And as I looked and I saw this thread that runs through, I believe that God is speaking not just to me, but to us collectively, that 2023 is the year to re-engage. 2022 was a bit of a disengage year. It was a bit of a disengage year. And sometimes we need that, right? Like 2020 and 2021 sort of entitled everyone to a little bit of disengaging. Just go, I just need to catch my breath. I need to breathe. And the Bible talks about seasons of rest and time. But disengaging is different to like unplugging and throwing, like I will never do that again. So we take the breath for a season. But I now believe that God is calling us to engagement. And when we look at those words that came through, what I love is that it's a two-way engagement. Because it talks about our action and our response and our revelation and our adventure and our trepidation and kind of like, oh, let's do it. But then it also talks about God's reconciliation and God's breakthrough and God's answer to prayer and God's provision. Because that's what happens when you engage. And there's a beautiful scripture uh, that I just believe is, is, is really us for 2023. I want us to read it together. It's, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 18, and we're going to go through to 22. This is what it says. It says, As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. Another way we could say that is our word does not say, let's see. Let's wait and see. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. For it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment, as the first engagement that guarantees everything He has promised us. Can we go back two verses there, Bo? For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through our amen, which means yes, this ascends to God for His glory. In other words, when our yes, when our amen engages Jesus' yes, all those things we talked about, the breakthrough, the, the, the provision, the, you know, like it's there. See, I want to think back to Abraham for a moment. This isn't in my notes, but just even as we... So, so Abraham <coughs> goes up a hill. He gives God his yes for something that he doesn't want to do and that God doesn't want him to do or expect him to do. But his yes, his willingness, his obedience to engage with God provides the engagement space where God provides for him. 2023, I believe, is the year of engagement. And so we need to change how we measure things. See, it's easy to measure attendance. It's easy to measure budgets, but I want to measure engagement. I want us to be, what would it look like for Connect to be the most engaged group of Christians in the region? The most engaged group of Christians in the nation? The most engaged group of Christians? Not that we might boast, but let's just set it as a goal. We want to be engaged. We don't want to be rich. 
We, we don't want to be, you know, whatever else it may be, all these other things that you can pursue. We want to be engaged with God and with his mission. And so here's three things I want you, and soon, I'm going to, we're going to do this in some tables because it's going to be beautiful. I think there's going to be some wonderful things that are going to come out. See, engagement, actually, there's, there's three facets to that. Perhaps the most glaringly obvious one is to engage with something means to participate. It means to invest or to enter into. The Māori word is tōmō, which means to enter into. The other one that's used, and this one comes up a bit in, in, in the Greek, in, in um, the New Testament, means to contend for, to battle to strive, to engage in the cause. So we've got to participate, to enter into, to passionately strive for and contend for. And then finally, the third one, which, you know, to be engaged means to be betrothed. Does, does the Bible not describe the church as the bride of Christ? Are we not betrothed to a future wedding banquet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are we not in a state of engagement? Uh, but, but think about this. Engagement is a time of positioning. It's a time of preparation. And it's a time of becoming exclusive. See, when you're on the dating scene, no one really does this anymore because we have standards. Maybe, you know, But like sometimes you meet people who are like dating and they're dating everybody. And it's like, you know, you, you might be seeing someone, but you're dating all these different people. But there's a point where you become exclusive and go, that's the person. That's the person I'm dating. That's the person I'm, you know. And then you become engaged. And so part of engaging is actually you start disengaging from some other things. Not too much. You know, you get some people who get engaged and they just completely disengage from their bros. And you're like, miss you. <laughs> I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. Um, <laughs> But, but like there's a time where you actually, to become engaged to something means actually I'm saying yes to you, which means I'm starting to say no to these other things. I'm saying no to other opportunities because I have set my eyes on this future. And so when we talk about 2023 being a year of engagement, I want to, cons- I, I want to submit that it could be this, a year of participation, a year of entering in, a year to battle, to contend and strive for, engaging in the cause being exclusively sold out to the one who holds our future, saying no to other things so that we may say yes to the one thing. I like it. I feel the spirit in it. I hope you feel the spirit in it. And so all I want to do now, I want to break this into three other areas because I just like dissecting things until they're so small that we can eat them. And so here's three goals for me that I, and they just fit into our our vision as a church. Our our big vision statement is to be a church that grows up in and out, up in our relationship with Jesus, in and our relationship as a community, and out in our relationship with, with the wider community and the mission that God has given us. So here's three challenges that I believe that we are being called to in 2023. I believe that Connect is being called to re-engage with discipleship. That's our up. That's our relationship, our walk with Jesus, to engage with discipleship, being shaped into the image of God that he has created us to be. We don't just want to be justified. We want to be sanctified. We want to be formed into the image of our God. And in fact, we're going to talk about that a little bit on Christmas Day. Come and behold him. Uh, Secondly, I believe Connect in 2023, we are being called to re-engage with fellowship. Re-engage with fellowship. The coming together of believers. Iron sharpens iron. Like community is important. One of the reasons that we're sitting around tables today is it's easy to come and sit in a row and just be like with people but not engaged. I believe 2023 is the year to re-engage with discipleship, to re-engage with fellowship. And then finally, the challenge of 2023, to engage with the Missio Dei, the mission of God. Whether that's across your street or across the world, I believe we're being called to do these three things. Engage with discipleship. Engage with fellowship. Engage with the Missio Dei, the mission of God.
And as we do this, as we engage with the visions and the values of the church, and our amen meets his yes, that intersection point of the provision of God is powerful, powerful, powerful. So this would not be a sermon on engagement if I did not engage you. And so I am going to engage you. <laughs> too, too, too easy. I'll just leave that. <laughs> um, all right. So at your table, you've got several pieces of paper. I want us to do this one at a time. I want you at your table for the next five minutes. Designate someone to be a scribe and designate someone who can report back doesn't have to be the same person, but if you can't read the scribe's handwriting, it might have to be. Does that make sense? And, and can I be clear as well? If th- This is a missional... Hang on, hang on. Can I be clear? This is, this is a, a church, like when I say church, capital C thing. So if you're visiting here this morning, uh, you are just as welcome to speak into this because we all serve the same boss. And actually, if you're bringing a perspective from outside our family, even better. Right? So here's what I want you to do. I want, and I'm going to put this in a Caleb leadership question format. So I hope you're ready. Here it goes. I want you to ask this question at your tables and write down as many answers as you can come up with. No answer is a bad answer. How can we, in what ways can we re-engage with discipleship in 2023? In what ways? Could you put that, would, could you type that up for me in a slide boat? Would that be all right? just so that people can see it if they don't want to. So in what ways can we, I-W-W-C-W, in what ways can we, in what ways can we re-engage with discipleship that's becoming the followers of Jesus, being transformed into his likeness, in what ways, oh no, I'm just giving you, that's underneath. In what ways can we re-engage with discipleship in 2023? You have five minutes to jot down as many ideas collectively as you can. No idea's a bad idea. On your marks, get set, go.
All right, guys, you've got you've got three more minutes because we need we got to keep moving. Two more minutes, probably, actually, because we've got to keep moving. Um, remember, you you don't have to put the twelve month plan on it right now. Well, we can do that at another meeting. <laughs> at the Caleb Leadership Course, when we're training people in this, we have a saying that when we brainstorm or when we green light, it's for quantity of ideas. So we just want as many ideas as possible. We'll refine the quality of them as we put the plans on them. But you got one minute, 30 seconds. It was a long 30 seconds. All right, let's start wrapping them up with those last few suggestions. Start thinking of who your table's going to report back. I want to hear your two best, your two or, or two top ones that you really want to go, let's share those with the group. We'll collect these all in, um, but two that you really want to share. All right, that's time. Pens down. Attention back this way for a minute, otherwise we're going to be here till 12 o'clock and I don't want to do that. There's a fine line, there's a fine line between Vision Sunday and a hostage situation and I'd rather it be Vision Sunday. So, um, all right. At your tables, pick someone. I've got a running mic here uh, that's, that's going to come around. One person at your table who can share two. If someone shares the two that, you've, that you were planning on sharing, try and share something else. If you don't have anything else, then do what we call totoko, which means to add weight to and go, we also had this, and this is what we, why we love that. Sounds good? Right, who's going to be my mic runner? There we go. He just doesn't want to talk. <laughs> right, you can pick the first table then. Oh, good. Everybody turn your attention this way. We're going we're gonna to listen to each table as well. Okay, well, most important, reading our Bibles regularly. And... Um, the second most important one we decided was um, involvement, involvement with others, because that whole iron sharpens iron concept. Um, along with reading the Bible, we've got regular prayer time, a set-aside time to meet with your Lord, and being a member of a life group or being involved within your church. Awesome. Uh, we put uh, learning um, slash teaching about discipleship. Um, we had cell groups, but they just stole it. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to go for um, submitting to God and leadership. Go. Cool. I'll hold you to that, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Believing believing, followed by action, that God will provide for the church, digging deeper into the Word of God, building bridges with neighbours and into schools, encouraging the weaker in the faith. Cool. We, we put um, mentoring, fellowship, targeted teaching, and counselling, but we believe that counselling with discipleship is actually needs to be Christian counselling and we talked about the aspect that we're not a big church so we need to do the things that we do well which we do do some things really well we need to keep pushing into those um, obviously one's the coffee morning thing I've never been but it's it's obviously from everything I hear it's a raving success you know we have a lot of counsellors and that's where we talked about you know, the, if we can get 
the Christian counseling, which is a discipleship of, you know, basically it's life coaching into people and, cool. and you know, there's a real need there at the world at the moment. Awesome. Just pass it around. Just put the line. Okay. Um, yeah. So we had our two words um, similar to what's already been said with um, home groups, um, and really around that was having um, a, a some um, some structure around that around that, um, and the other was around prayer teaching. Awesome. Great. Our table is very similar to the rest of yours in groups, um, but we looked at that specific groups with specific topics as well, like Alpha and uh, budget advice and things like that. Um, yeah, and even answering question and answer type group where people from outside can come in and ask cool. and get a good idea of what we're about. Um, so we had going back to basics with obedience, so just a general concept that you follow Jesus and then he does the rest to some extent. Um, and then we also talked about life groups with a few things being diversity and we talked about like a set, or not a set learning format, but all life groups studying the same program as such. Right. Yeah. You speak in Dave's language now. <laughs> so pretty much everything we've said has been summed up. So I uh, to re-engage actually starts with a decision. So oh. first we've actually got to make oh. a decision. Yep. And intentionality because without it it's everything. And do Caleb because we all talk too much instead of throwing out these ideas. So <laughs> actually Caleb. Cool. Awesome. Love it. Actually, Caleb Leadership Course is being hosted in Blenheim again in 2023. So there you go. All right, next piece of paper. Um, if you are feeling brave and a couple of you want to get up and go and shoulder tap someone and say, get away, I'm sitting at this table now, uh, just to mix up the environment so it's not the same people with the same ideas constantly. Um, but if you want to stay where you are, I won't take that away from you. Um, for the next five minutes... Three minutes, five, let's do five, let's do five. For the next five minutes, the question is, in what ways can we re-engage with fellowship in 2023? So 2023, fellowship is about being together. Whakawhanaungatanga, building relationship. So um, some of the answers may cross over, that's okay. But uh, let's go, five minutes. On your marks, on your markies, get your khakis, Go.
One minute left, get those ideas down. If you've got someone at your table who's sitting quietly, I guarantee they've got an idea. Just ask them if they want to share it. Don't twist their arm and make them share it. But, you know, some, sometimes if you've got that, uh, you've got that extrovert at the table, uh, they dominate the conversation, and that person with the best idea just sits there quietly, and we, we miss out on, the, on the hearing the voice of God. Uh, so in the, last, in the last now 35 seconds, uh, get those ideas out, wring them like a sponge. Full-time, Argentina 2, Australia 1. Just in case anyway, oh, I know, well, I, you know, I'm just, I know everyone else has been focused on other things, you know. Not everyone's on their phone at church, Chase. <laughs> All right, that's time, let's go. Okay, same again, Jace. let's go reverse order this time. Oh, you can start there, you can start there, yeah, yeah. All right. In what ways can we re-engage with fellowship in 2023? Hit us, Gabby. Your top two. Okay. We've got women's men's ministries, um, regular events, monthly, um, Bible face, social focus within Blenheim, blah, blah, blah. Um, things like um, Saturday night cafe, Sorry, Sunday night cafe events. So like that, whole church generations with an ask me name tag communication kind of overriding thing. Cool. Love it. Again on the theme of food. Um... <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, we used to have shared lunches in homes, and they were brilliant. And... Uh, we, we think we have more intentional hospitality. Lobsters and stuff for people to take newcomers and invite them into their homes. Awesome. Just things like that. Um, and also... I'm not a newcomer, but I will come for lunch if I'm invited. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is more church activities. You know, there's people here who like walking. There's people here who like riding bikes. Some people like go fishing. Those type of intentional groups to have awesome. fellowship with each other. Cool. Love it. Getting back to the basics of family, uh, the important thing about fellowship is the foundation of fellowship, which is each other. Yep. Cool. Um, so we were going along the food theme as well, slightly. Um, at our old church in Wellington, we had a guest who's coming to lunch on a Sunday lunch thing. And so you would have who people would host and people who, you know, you could have people who are obviously going to attend. But um, the week before, the hosts get to know who's coming so they can prepare. And on the Sunday, the, the ones who are going to lunch get given the place that they're going to go for lunch. And it mixes up the church really well. And I remember as a kid, um, we had lots of different people coming for lunch on a Sunday. And, and my parents didn't know a lot of these people. We had some really fun times and it kind of mixed everyone up. Um, and also the working bees, um, supporting each other through working bees and things, which is what James and I are working on at the moment. Cool. Love it. You're losing that wrestling match, by the way, with that child. <laughs> so, intergenerational accountability partners. Cool. And um, out-of-the-box church activities like quiz nights, discos, fancy dress, or connect goes to dinner. Like a modern progressive dinner. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right, come on this way. Run, Jace, running out of time. It's all right, I can talk fast. Um, we came up with, um, it's really important for us as individuals to make space in our lives so that we actually have time available to nice. fellowship with each other, like putting it as a high priority. Um, and being willing and open to step outside of our comfort zones um, and being authentic and real in those situations. What? Yeah, it was <laughs> Tinica can't read my writing. 
Um, so we've got one here that's a place where it is okay not to be okay. So make it, you know, a space there. If you're not having a good day, you you feel that you can still come. Cool. You feel that you can be open and honest with what's going on in your life and and instead of sort of shutting yourself in at home. Um, what else? Yeah. Probably inclusivity. Being more inclusive of everyone and their diverse needs and, awesome. and that sort of thing as well. Love it. And we had lots of, um, most of those as well, but we also had um, action to your ideas. So not just throwing out a whole bunch of ideas, but actually putting them into action and doing them. Nice. And the other one was volunteering in the church and church-run programs and, you know, like that AI that we did, all involved, you know, keeping, um, encouraging each other to, to be involved in, in what's going on cool. in the church. Love it. Okay, it's all food again. No. Um, funny Baptists. that. Except for perhaps committing to coming to fellowship. Um, but regular, regularly having new people in fellowship come home for lunches and others as well in the church. And morning and tea time sit, uh, morning tea sit with someone different rather than the usual friends. Um, particularly with look out for new people. Nice. No surprise, food's come up again, um, but in an intentional way. So we had a similar thing to what Claire mentioned, guess who's coming for dinner, where you are actually um, told where you're going to go and mix the church up. Baptists um, love being told where they're going to go. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, or potlucks that are in people's homes, um, progressive dinners, and then uh, church camp, um, which we haven't had for a bit. Um, We've got one. It's booked for last weekend of February. February. There you go. Info coming. Right. (laughs) So retreats, picnics, just events that um, might bring different interests and different mixes of people together. Awesome. Love it. Very good. Okay. Uh, Some other great things that have come out. Uh, Church roundtables. That you're all fellowshipping this morning. Uh, um, there was a, I got a wonderful email a couple of weeks ago uh, about a legacy service. Actually, we were talking about thinking generationally. Actually, having a service where our thoughts are on that generation, where we don't come to go, can we send the kids to kids' church now? But we actually come to go, how do we celebrate them in the service and make this about them? Uh, one in, in that space and also in the previous one was about having a buddy system for discipleship. Uh, and, and yeah, so that's cool. Um, interesting, the food thing comes up. I, I remember reading an article about the two greatest miracles Jesus did. One was feeding, well, not the greatest miracles he did, but in, at the same time. Because we often talk about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. But when you stop to think about that, in, in the culture that Jesus was in, that 5,000 people was a diverse group of people who never ate with each other. So actually the largest miracle, perhaps more than just feeding 5,000 people with two loaves and, well, five loaves and two fish in that moment, was he got 5,000 people who would never sit down to eat together to sit down and share a meal. The Hebrew word for table and reconciliation are the same word because there's something about sitting down at a table that forces you to enter that space of reconciliation and relationship. So, so food is a, is a very spiritual principle for building fellowship. So you, you are hearing the word of the Lord. <laughs> All right, super quickly, we've got five more minutes. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go a little over time, but I believe it's worth it. In what ways can we en- re-engage with the Missio Dei, that is the mission of God, in 2023. That's, that might be the mission for our church. That might be the mission of our movement. That might be the mission of missionaries, whatever it may be. In what ways can we re-engage with the mission of God in 2023? Go! The best part of this is if we go over time, I'm not preaching. So, like, it's, it's not on me.
All right, you got one more minute. Go hard. Ring that sponge. Like even in the sense that like when he's hitting. All right, 15 seconds, go, 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 because I got one more exercise, and it's really important that we do it because it's the power moment of the exercise. So we're going to go real quick, 15 seconds, get those last ideas. Where's Jace with his mic? Here we go. We're going to go around. We're going to do two rapid fire. I don't need your explanations. I just need the bullet points. Can we do that? On your markies, get your khakis, go. Aaron, turn your attention this way. Sorry, yeah, I, missed, you. I missed that bit. Just go quick. <laughs> go quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just thought that the mission of God is intentional um, to everybody we meet, not, not just overseas or, or anyone, across the fence, um, on the way to work, at work, cool. um, at home and overseas. Awesome. Love it. Next table, go. Two bullet points. Hit it. Wait, which one? Um, so one was the... Community focus in general, not just finance. Okay, um, and that the church has a mission, not mission having a church. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, cool. Our lives actually should be lived as an example for mission. You know, if God loves us, you know, we should have care and concern for our neighbours and stuff, and also supporting our local missionaries we've already got out there as well. Awesome. We need to give people the basics. We need to give them food. We need to give them pay their bills. We need to have working bees to go and clean their gardens up. We need to give them an ear to listen to. We need to give them shelter. We need to provide them with clothing. I was at the store yesterday and I saw row and row and row upon baby's clothes. They should have been just given to people who need them. Um, we need to have a clothing bank like the food bank. We need to have things like toy libraries. We need to remember that people don't have enough money to have laptops, don't have internet connections, and can't read our platitudes on Facebook. Good. Well done. Time's up. Next. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Ours was mostly uh, outreach, so alpha courses, senior celebrations, uh, community meals, uh, praying for leading and direction to people. Awesome. And walking the talk, so being Christians and showing examples of being Christians. Love it. Us. Great. Perfect. Uh, we've uh, based us on the word love, and uh, we've got look, Alice for look, look for others' needs, um, and unconditional without judgment, O is for offer, help and support, and resources. Intentionally seek others and those outside immediate social groups. 
V is for volunteer, or whatever is needed, that's for other, with other people, or for in the church, whatever. And E is for encourage, intentionally look for um, people that you can encourage on a Sunday, uh, yeah, just intentional love. I love that. Boom, boom. Oh, some of ours have been covered, Alpha and Mission, so um, building relationships and making disciples as per the Great Commission, and getting alongside others as the Holy Spirit gets alongside us. Nice. Um, I think we focused on the action side of the re-engagement, so the doing part. So um, our number one that we all sort of touched on was hearing people's testimonies because that motivates you by hearing someone else's story to do something. Cool. Um, and the second one was listening, you know, actually hearing from awesome. other others what they're saying, but also hearing from God, hearing from leadership. Love it. Okay, um, we've talked about re-engaging with the mission in street evangelism or sharing the gospel, maybe having a time in our groups with a community where we do share the gospel or um, a testimony or a story, yeah, how community work, we've got CAP and Shine Girl and volunteer work and all of the things that have been talked about already. Awesome, great stuff. Got this table? Super quick. Come on. Go. Volunteering, identify, uh, identification, personal identification, to be a friend. Uh, in order to be a friend, uh, to make a friend, you've got to be a friend. Uh, uh, prayerful um, direction, uh, prayerfully uh, um, asking God's direction where it's ready, where work is ready. And being willing to help out where there is a need. Awesome. Love it. Very good. I've also got written here a great powerful way to re-engage with the uh, mission of God is to not rush it as an afterthought of your sermon. Um, <laughs> so those ideas are awesome. Everything that's come out of that is brilliant. I know there'll be other things. We're going to collect all of that up. Um, there's just some gold in there. And this is, I believe, as I said, the word for 2023 is let's engage. Can I tell you something? Everything we've just talked about can happen whether there's a recession or a war. or Like, I don't care. We can do this as the church regardless if we believe that it's what God is calling to us. Now, some of you might have pens with you. If you don't, there's two pens on the table. You'll have to share them around. With the very last portion of time that we have, I want to now issue you a personal challenge because it's all well and good to say in what ways can we engage and we list off all these ideas of things we should do and the church should have and whatever. But guess what? Guess who's coming to dinner only works if people go to dinner, right? And, and, and all these different ideas that we have, but like life groups only work if someone's willing to host a life group or to attend a life group. Social events only work if people turn up to them. Mission only works when the volunteers turn up and so on and so forth. And so if 2023 is the year of engagement, the last question I have for you, it's not for your table anymore, it's for you, but I am gonna encourage you if you're brave enough to share it with your table for accountability purposes is to say, in what way is God asking you to engage in 2023? See, it may be something as simple as going, I need to make my Sunday afternoons available so I can actually go to those things. I actually need to stop thinking about church as 9 until, or sorry, 10 until 11.30 on a Sunday morning so that when that thing comes up, I go, I haven't got time for that. I haven't got room for that. In what way is God asking you? Maybe it's to host a life group. Maybe it's to attend a life group. Maybe it's to be one of those buddy people for someone else. Maybe it's to uh, whatever it may be. But I want you to ask yourself the question, and, and those three things we've just talked about, in what ways is God challenging you right now to engage in discipleship, in fellowship, in the mission of God? You, not what should someone else do. What is God challenging you to engage with in 2023? Go. And if the answer is nothing, wrong.
This is, this is the one that gets challenging. We can write lots of things on the big piece of paper. This is the piece of paper. Engagement has another synonym word, and it's commitment. And what ways is God calling you to engage? You're welcome to keep working on that. You might want to take it. If I'd been smart, tea and coffee's in the other building still, isn't it? It's, if I'd been smart, I would have done it here. Uh, but I'm not, so you know, you're stuck with me. <laughs> no objections. Uh, but you can, you can sit here and continue to do that share, or you can take it over to the other building. But I would love to encourage you, share those things. If you're brave enough, if you're really brave enough, I would love, the elders would love to receive your email. Elders at connectblenheim.org.nz. God has called me to engage with the discipleship, the fellowship, the mission of God by doing this. We would love to hear from you so that we can pray with you, support you, and hold you accountable. (laughs) But otherwise, God, we thank you that you are the God who engages with his people. You don't stay far off. You engage with us, even in our mess, even in our, in, our, in our worst moments. And Lord, I believe that in 2023, you want to engage with our community. You want to engage with our church in a whole new way. And so, Lord, we declare at the outset, before 23 tries to name itself permacrisis or something ridiculous, we call out that 2023 would be a year of engagement for the church, that we would engage with the Spirit of God, that we would engage with discipleship, that we would engage with the fellowship of the people here at Connect and be enriched by that, and that we would engage with the mission of God in our community, and that you would be glorified through all of it, and we would be strengthened and sustained, that we would be people of security and stability in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.